Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. Welcome to The Backstory. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast, a docupod. Except you made that word up. Welcome back to our new season of The Backstory. Today's a bit of a landmark, as will be one tomorrow, 12th of September. Susie, does it feel like a year? I think I meant to say no, it's gone so quickly, but to be honest, I can't believe that it's only been a year. Well, I guess we've been working on stories before we first broadcast, but we've been putting stories out for a year now. Um, So if you haven't heard us before, then basically we spend the first part of each episode listening to a brand new backstory from somebody And then we have what's meant to be a fully informed discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it doesn't always end up like that. Sometimes our episodes deal with difficult subjects. um, And when that's the case, we put in details of helping organisations in the show notes and on the websites. On the website. On the website. Oh, because <laughs> we've got multiple ones of those. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no. Um, and also, yeah, sometimes it's not a difficult subject. No, no. In that case, there'll be no. Um, There's no, no help whatsoever. <laughs> no help. No. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Okay. okay. So today we're going to hear from Sapphira and Tony, and really, this one's a bit of a love story, which is a nice way to start. Sapphira and Tony were both raised by the Brethren community, Sapphira in Melbourne and Tony in the UK. They were both excommunicated and they struggled with those early experiences. They're both very involved in music and it's really through this shared interest that they met. It was only later on that they realised that they'd both been raised by the Brethren and that they had so much in common. Then fast forward a few years and they're married And, you know, it's fair to say that they've really helped each other to make sense of and to recover from their experiences. Music is still a really important part of their life. And burlesque has helped Sapphira in particular. So listen out for a a bit of nipple tassel talk. Oh, okay, That's a new one for us. Just to make you aware, the recording happened just last week as we were kind of getting the tag end of summer, sat outside a bar, so there is a little bit of background noise and the odd bit of crashing beer barrels. Here's Sapphira and Tony's story. Sapphira and Tony, thank you so much for meeting me and for 
suggesting this lovely venue. We're sat outside and it's absolutely gorgeous. We ask people to cast their mind back over the whole course of their life and think about the peaks and the troughs, the highs and the lows, and choose uh, a moment that they would like to tell us about. So where would you like to begin? The moment I was excommunicated from the Brethren Church. Okay, so you were brought up within the Brethren community, were you? Yes. Okay, I don't know much about that. So the Brethren community are like a sort of branch of Christianity. There's different levels of fervency, orthodox practice so, yeah so some, a bit like with any religion I yeah. guess there are degrees to which people exactly. adhere yeah it was a very sort of conservative group of people where we would meet every Sunday and there was sort of you know a sense of commandments and ways to live your life that were very much encouraged in fact you know almost sort of mandatory what and sort of things the thing that stands out to me was on Sundays women had to have their heads covered and the men did the leading. So they did the speaking. They sort of uh, maintained all those roles of sort of decision making. We didn't really encourage, you know, non-Christian music, non-Christian television, any of those like more worldly pursuits were frowned upon and just general complete Christian obedience was important. So the covering of the head, so things like modesty and humility were were things that were absolutely were promoted yeah yep and did you have siblings were you brought up yeah I have a sister so the both of us were in this sort of community but she was always already naturally a little bit more of a conservative personality and I was like a flamboyant you know probably from when I popped out of the womb I just felt a real affinity with musicals and showmanship and Marilyn Monroe and you know those things just struck a chord so you were this kind of flamboyant little girl living within a community where flamboyance was was not the done thing. And Tony, you you were also raised by brethren, weren't um, you? I was. I was, most definitely was. I was born into, um, in my case, the exclusive Plymouth brethren. So the ones that were even nuttier than hers. <laughs> so yours was a very strict... Mine was absolutely, yeah. A separatist entirely. There was no... Separate from the rest of society. From the rest of the world, absolutely, okay. yeah. Quite literally. And being brought up mm. as a boy, mm. what were the sort of messages that you were getting about what was acceptable, um, what was expected of you? Yeah, I mean, it was... See, it's a very weird thing because I was very young, really, when, when my parents decided to get out or were excommunicated, however it happened. I think we were probably shielded from quite a bit of it. But, I mean, we weren't allowed TV, period. We weren't allowed radio. The only music I could listen to growing up was military music. Okay. So A Life on the Ocean Wave was my favourite song, go figure. Um, so your whole family were excommunicated. Uh, yeah, but I've never really found out why. Sapphira, just going yeah. back to you, tell me about your excommunication was that you individually or was it your family that was very much me individually okay from about 16 I started to realize I just didn't have to live this life that everybody else wasn't living it I guess I got more adventurous more rebellious until you know we're talking 17 18 I just completely lost interest with sort of keeping up a facade of being someone that I wasn't and I guess that's where the whole second personality kind of came into play because it just felt easier to be kind of two versions of myself I'd always felt I was living one lifestyle in the week that was acceptable amongst my peers at school and wasn't too weird and then was kind of flipping into this completely 
holier than thou like angel on the Sundays reading my Bible studiously covering my head singing all the hymns to keep my parents happy and to you know feel like I would hopefully somehow at least get redeemed if hell actually was true I sort of wanted to have my foot in both camps okay you know so you already had these two kind of quite different personas Mm -hmm. and then you were excommunicated what happens when you're excommunicated what does that mean it means that you know so to become in our particular sect I think the exclusive brethren Tony was raised in was even more um, regimented but in our particular group to be able to break the bread and you know you had to go through sort of an initiation with the approval of the brothers and that didn't immediately happen because obviously I was a child when I first grew up but as I reached about 13 14 it was sort of expected I'd have to reach the age of understanding where I would make a decision as to whether I wanted to fully commit and become like a sort of initiated member of the Brethren Church and break the bread this process. So So um, you get to kind of choose for yourself at that stage or make it, or as you say, make a commitment of supposedly of your own volition. It doesn't feel like your own decision because, you know, these are the people that have raised you and to reject it is like saying that you want to go to hell and then you, you know, you know all of the pictures and the books and the stories about people that rejected that life um, from the Bible. So it is a very, you know, kind of catch-22 situation where you feel very, I felt very, um, you know, propelled towards having to do that. You know, I think that some of that very early anxiety that turned into this breakdown began at that early stage. I was told to leave. I was sent a letter. One of the brothers rang me and asked what was going on in my life and why I was being so, you know, rebellious and straying and would I meet with them. And at this point I just had had enough. So I didn't really reply much to his phone call or engage. And then I got a letter, you know, a matter of days later just saying due to fornication in your life, I think someone had you know, alluded to the fact I was having premarital sex. You are like no longer permitted to associate with us um, and you're being excommunicated. And you were young at this stage. You were a young adult. 18. You were 18. However much you may have disagreed with aspects of it, this had still been your community. This had been Mm. your life and it was your family and it was the community your family was based within. To be told that you're excommunicated, Mm. that's a massive thing. What was Mm. that like for you? It was like devastating. I think I tore up the letter because I just didn't want to have to really read those words or think those things. I felt like a complete reject. I Part of me thought I was definitely condemned and damned and going to hell now, like no matter what I did. What came next? I was like already moving out of home. I'd kind of found like different friends that I could associate with where I could sleep with in their place and it was really a bit of a refuge. So I think the early stages of the breakdown began in that like 18 to 19 although the fully blown episode wasn't until 21 but I went in complete like fits of despair crying and crying unable to pull myself out of it for about a year and then kind of went into this overdrive of songwriting and being very very hyperactive Um, I was experimenting with drugs you know I just felt so miserable yeah it was you know, not necessarily a period I'm proud of. And then there was this kind of cumulative build-up and in your early 20s you had a very, very serious mental health episode, didn't you? What happened there? I do feel it was like, you know, this kind of boil under the surface of the skin that was just getting more and more toxic and infected. And 
and just trying to be two people and not really knowing who I actually was and, you know, feeling like I was a misfit in quite a few social groups. I think that it just kind of reached this peak and that boil just needed to burst. And what happens when it bursts? I absolutely lost the plot. Um, it was in a nightclub and I just really just don't really quite remember but I truly did break I started crying and I couldn't stop and an elder elder more elder chap in the group took me outside who was kind of I can to this day call him my guardian angel and just calmed me down enough to get me home but from that point I didn't sleep and I started to just see very strange things everything was symbolic like I was in a computer game I very much slipped into this delusion of grandeur where I truly believed that actually, although my mum was being instructed to take me to a psychiatrist and then later a hospital, that I was actually getting first-class flights to London to meet Kylie Minogue and sign my album. And were you hospitalised? Yep. As I walked into the actual hospital, it wasn't until they put a needle in my arm and weighed me, but really the needle going in was when I realised I probably wasn't going on a plane and there wasn't a limousine. (laughs) You were admitted to hospital, and how long were you in for? Only two weeks, I was in the high intensity part, so it's quite terrifying. Because firstly, I'm just you know away from anything familiar yeah. physically. Secondly, everyone in there is quite damaged. You know, we weren't really very probably good together. I think they try to bring people out into their homes faster for that reason because it's a scary place to be. Yeah, you're seeing a lot. You're, you're seeing other people's distress, aren't you? Yeah, and you're trying to compute your own and find some sense of normality. But that's just terrifying. Do you know what your diagnosis was? Do you know what? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. how this was classified they did say like bipolar with like a touch of schizophrenia okay so that was how long ago that was like 20 years i'm 41 now i think most certainly the rejection part of of well certainly my journey uh, most definitely can be attributed to back then in in as much as you know the, the day i was old enough and my grand i met my old my grandfather and he said you know the rules and that was the last thing he said to me a very kind of big sense of loss and um, yeah 
subsequent divorces, I guess, brought that up again. And yeah. So that recur- so for you, Tony, that recurring. Yeah, I'm unlovable. Um, you know. Yeah. 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 He's very lovable. <laughs> <laughs> she had to say that she married me. <laughs> <laughs> So what's been that journey since then? Well, it's taken really in just in the last three years that I've even really been able to talk about it. In the last 10 years, really passionately working on this incredible Mortal Life program. And now nearly 10 years on, I'm a different person. Do you get each other? You don't come across many other people who share that experience. Has that has that bound you? Do you get each other in a way that other people don't? hundred percent. It's very, you have these kind of two personas we have priscilla as well so priscilla is my legal name and my birth name okay and yeah a lovely name i've always enjoyed that name but you know when i discovered the need for this alter ego is kind of exploring with different things on the internet and then probably fast forward about four or five years i just began falling in love with belly dancing initially i really wanted to flaunt you know my sexuality in a way a little bit rebelliously but secondarily to just kind of claim some of it back as a positive as a positive for me then it was really moving to London where I discovered burlesque and I was just blown away it was everything I wanted it was all the elements of like Marilyn Monroe meets Rogers and Hammerstein and I felt like the performers had so much control over like what they did or didn't show like they were the ones that were in command you know, they were not being exploited and it was just this powerful statement. It was an incredibly powerful thing. And I was working a corporate role, but then in the evenings just putting on the, the makeup and it felt like this ritual of like transforming. Going back to that little girl who was flamboyant and had a touch of Marilyn Monroe about her and wanted to be able to uh, express herself, has this kind of brought you full circle yeah 100% just finally hearing people applaud was like they must actually like what they're seeing it actually I'm lovable and acceptable and approved approved of and appreciated also tassels are really fun they're colorful they're um all different shapes and sizes you know you put them on your boobs you can't feel bad about your ah, absolutely <laughs> well, it's it's like when you make a cake and it goes a bit wrong and you put a bit exactly. of edible glitter on it you know maybe it's the same it's totally the same how's your relationship with your family now it's a much better than i you know ever knew and recently i sat down with them and said you know this book is coming out and i'm sharing some of those things that didn't work from the early upbringing but also how much i love you and how you've been there for me and um yeah my dad's comment was who could want a better daughter So, Susie, nipple tassels. Um, I was almost. I knew you were going to go in with that. <laughs> I was almost expecting you to walk in here, like swimming, swinging your titty nipple tassels about. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you don't know what's going on beneath this this very mumsy grey cardigan that I'm wearing. Well, <laughs> I can get hides a multitude of sins. <laughs> uh, if you can be further from uh, burlesque this morning. <laughs> <laughs> to say. How dare you? So <laughs> bloody rude. So we're kind of starting at the end, but I was really interested in this idea of burlesque and, and what it's done for Safara. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's an art form that I guess allows you to express yourself and it feels like a positive ownership of your body. And, you know, that sense that sexuality is nothing shameful. Um, have you ever been to see any burlesque? 
I thought you were going to ask if I've ever been in well, Annabellis. Well, I don't know, you know. Um, all sorts can come out, can't it? Exactly. No, um, no I do remember um, going to London um, with um, Patrick and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to this, like, sort of quite modern circus thing, you know. Mm, right up his street. Yeah, not. and he was like, kind of like, mm-hmm. um, But actually, quite turned out quite enjoy it. <laughs> there was a lot of burlesque in it and um, yeah. quite a lot of titty tattles. <laughs> and he was all over it. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, definitely um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it was it was unexpected, but quite enjoyable. I never had to go, never been tempted to have a go. <laughs> it's not something that's ever crossed my no. mind. <laughs> no, me neither, not with my back. I just don't think that would work. Oh. But having said that, Safira did say that, you know, she's had older women going along to the classes that she teaches. So what are you saying about us? No, no, no. Talking about myself, you know, it's never too late. And, you know. It might she, be a new hobby for you yeah, next year. Yeah, it could be. One of the things that I really like about doing interviews is that when the mic gets turned off, you sometimes find out a bit more. You know, not everything comes out in the recording. And what I found out afterwards uh, with regards to Tony was that his whole family was excommunicated and he doesn't really know why. And there's a little bit in the interview where he mentions his grandfather when he was eight. Um, And basically what happened was... His grandfather refused to talk to him as the family had been excommunicated. Yeah, that is harsh. It must have had a big impact. Yeah, and I think when you're eight, you you really need an adult to spell things out. You know, otherwise you tend to fill in the gaps and you can end up thinking that something is all your fault. Yeah, it seems like this um, program, you know, it mirrors quite a lot of our other programs or just things in life where actually it's interesting that their childhood has such an impact on their ad- adulthood, doesn't it, kind of thing, and the things they missed out on. And obviously, Safara Sif- was like a naturally sort of flamboyant child. Yeah, very much so. Um, sort of Marilyn Monroe-esque and never felt as though she fitted in with the expectations of modesty and humility. Mm. Um and after Safara was in, um, excommunicated, she was like safer surfing and using drugs, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, yeah. And did she lose all contact with her family? No, she didn't lose all contact. She was still seeing them a little bit, but, you know, she felt very ashamed and she was quite unsure about what impact her excommunication had had on them. And I think the safety net that we get from our families had maybe never been that strong, but I think she felt that now it was you know it was even shakier okay and she talks about that separate personality almost as though she'd always had two personas almost yeah yeah that's interesting isn't it yeah and do you think that's because so when you have like a situation where you're you're kind of almost genetically one personality and then your circumstance makes you have to conform to another like you just end up with feeling completely confused yeah I don't know what the impact is on people but it make it kind of makes sense doesn't it that you would start that you would maybe develop quite a rich kind of fantasy life and you can you know it kind of makes sense that she developed these almost two personas you know one that's acceptable to more acceptable to the brethren and another one that allows her to be perhaps more true to herself yeah it's fascinating like when you're listening to it I was just thinking 
God, what would, I, what would I have done as a child, like, in that situation, if I'd been born into that? Would you, would I have towed the line or not? I'm not sure what I would have done, like. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to be a maths teacher when I was growing up, so I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really have that problem. So the rebel wasn't in you. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so like you said, um, music has been a massive part of their kind of relationship. And we heard a little bit of their music um, at the end of the we thing, did. didn't we? Yeah, yeah it was so... nice. Yeah, they've just finished an album, which... They've been working on for for many years and they're incredibly passionate about their music. If you would like to find out more about Sapphira, then you can follow the links that we're putting into our show notes. She's also written a book which you can pre-order. It's called Burlesque or Bust and it's published by Trigger Publishing. Comes out on the 1st of October and again... Uh, links are in the show notes so at this stage we normally jump in with a podcast recommendation Claire have we got one for this week yeah we have um I've been in a bit of a true crime um sort of time and um I like a bit of true crime yeah usually it's you isn't it um yeah Yeah, very girl secret I have to admit so yeah I've been listening to the doorstep murder um which is made by BBC Radio Scotland and it's about um a chap who is shot on his doorstep and um just a repercussion of that and it's, it's an unsolved mystery so how long ago I think it was about happen? 13 years ago 13 yeah okay it's it's very interesting I mean it's like any true crime probably or just about all the ones I've listened to is that you could probably condense it down into two episodes that would be really <laughs> really meaty but you know rest assured they've they've stretched it out over six but it's 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 so you've listened have you listened to the I've whole listened thing to all six, obviously. Oh, okay, so I'll whilst complaining about it I it's still, still quite listen. compulsive okay yeah, yeah. so the doorstep murder thank yeah. you so we're one year tomorrow what do you think we've learned come on well how long everything takes <laughs> <laughs> so much longer yeah. oh my god um, I know and each I don't think we have actually learned that because each time we think oh we'll just do that that'll just take five minutes yeah three and a half and hours we'll still later. kind of like if we're doing some kind of thing where we're trying to time ourselves we'll be like oh yeah, yeah we'll yeah, yeah. about quarter now yeah um so yeah dreadful. you always think it's gonna be really quick but yeah okay anyway. I think for me uh best thing in the world which I've learned to use is the undo button when you're editing and you just you know delete a massive load that you've just worked on and yeah thank yeah, god there's an undo yeah, button. Thank god for the yeah, undo button. For that one. yeah yeah um i guess the importance of listening back through to things yeah and you sort of suddenly realize you've like stuck something back right in the middle yeah. of it all or yeah. uh, you've left a load portion of stuff on the end yeah, that you hadn't realized was really still there silly mistake and also i think it's fair to say that we both have learned that we have some annoying characteristics would you say is that fair it's hard to no, it's true. <laughs> it is well. Um, no, it's good to admit that we um, we have got quite a lot of things that we'd like to change about each other. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you you're quite right in that you said you said that we say okay a lot and yeah, like, and we've, like. Had, we've even had feedback about that. Yeah, we have. People have told us off and starting sentences with so I do that and it. It, it, yeah. I even irritate myself with it, really. And I think if anyone recorded themselves, they would irritate themselves, they which do. is what we basically yeah. do every week. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I think as well, I tend to be a little bit on the earnest side. And Head I think side. it's fair to say that you're a bit the other way, aren't you? I know. A bit flippant. Gung ho and flippant. <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely spend way too much time, you know, talking about 
all the people that we've met and the interviews that we've done and just rabbiting on and not actually getting it's down true. to the nuts and bolts of now we're making a commercial podcast as well we are a bit more like right come yes. on do yeah this. we are we've got to be a bit more disciplined definitely, definitely. Uh, but it's all work in progress it and is. no and thank you to people who have given us feedback it's genuinely useful and we also like to hear about how you listen to podcasts so get in touch and tell us the programs that you like the ones you don't like thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with another backstory See you then. Goodbye. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. For sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to take part in a show, please contact hello at thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. The Backstory Podcast is produced by Tin Shared Productions. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.